The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. It's been, it's been another crazy week, guys. You know, you'd think that this would be the time for Lucasfilm and for Star Wars fandom to just kind of go to ground a little bit, take a nap, recuperate. Nope. It's been absolutely insane out there in fandom. It's been nuts. But, uh, you know, it's nice to get together once a week and... Have a little bit of fun talking about some cool Star Wars stuff. How are you guys doing, Carlos? What's up, man? Yeah, I mean, besides coronavirus, everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Everything's, uh, yeah, everything's nice. <laughs> it's such a nice name, though, isn't it? Coronavirus? It is. I actually have a, I have a five-minute stand-up bit <laughs> that I'm going to be rocking this week about it. It's, uh, <laughs> Hashtag Jesus. too soon. Yep. <laughs> Change.org. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to get canceled before I get started. It's awesome. <laughs> Wow. Alrighty. Anything uh, interesting going on in your life as far as Star Wars goes? Uh, no, just uh, catching up on some uh, Clone Wars, uh, a little bit of uh, collecting here and there, and uh, mainly shopping there, but uh, yeah, it's Very looking cool. nice. I'll get into that in a second. Corey, what's going on over there? Yeah, not too much. Just uh, Same as Carlos, pretty much. I've just been kind of blasting through the clone wars as much as i can at nighttime just you know passing the hours drinking the beers it goes without saying Corey. yeah never would have expected that to change all right well you know this is the I mean, we are entering the sort of the season of clone wars so that is kind of what we're going to be talking about for, for i mean for today for sure and for the next couple of weeks up until uh, the premiere which is now february 23rd if i'm not mistaken which is a Friday, and then episodes will be released weekly. Actually, no, Friday the 21st. That will be when the uh, Season 7 premiere is. And yeah, that's going to be another great Friday morning to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning at the crack of dawn. <laughs> watch, watch your Clone Wars, get your fix before anybody spoils it out there on social media. Because th- th- this is the way now. This is the way we do things now. Uh, so anyway, let's get into our collecting updates. Uh, Carlos, you alluded to it. What have you? What, what's new in your world? Uh, Obi Wan's hut. We finally got the Obi Wan's hut. Uh, everybody's uh, very excited about that. Uh, we built the uh, Millennium Falcon. So it's uh, what an amazing model, man! Wow, like even putting putting it together, I actually. Uh, I did it in stages. I didn't do it all in one day or t- uh, like I took a week to build like, you know, a bag of night. And um, man, it looks incredible, man. <laughs> it's really, really like if you guys can get if you ever want to get a nice big project, uh, the Millennium Falcon from the Rise of Skywalker line is fantastic. It's really, really good. Good Lego sets from a good movie. Yeah. You know, it's weird how that works. It happens. 
That's cool, man. Well, you know, after yeah. what, what, five, five full, full size Falcons now? Like, you think they're getting good at this, right? Well, uh, th- this one's a big jump compared to uh, the last couple. Um, the one from the solo run, uh, I think, is an anomaly because uh, it's the white and blue, and it's just it's kind of like a different ship. Yeah. Um, but but the way they built it was very um, wasn't that dissimilar from the one from the F- the Force Awakens with all the panels. Uh, this one is just the setup is different. It's it's shaped. Um, it's shaped. I would say more accurately to the actual Falcon. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I think this is a step up for them for a Falcon. That's not UCS. Very cool. I might look out for that one. when it, when they start blowing it out at those insane prices that we saw last fall before, like right before Christmas, maybe. Yeah. I think uh, if at 20% off, it's a one forty three. So it's still, it's still a chunk, uh, a nice chunk of change. But uh, wow, if you have Lego points stacked up and you want to, you know, take a nice 50 off it, I think it's worth it. I really, I really think it's worth it. Or like uh, if you get lucky and catch a nice Amazon deal, I think that's the way to go. Or what you can do is, um, you know, uh, search uh, Kijiji for uh, people who buy Lego sets with stolen credit cards and then uh, sell them at rebate. Uh, (laughs) Maybe you can find one of those people. Uh, uh, side note, completely not uh, related. Uh, I'm probably picking up the Resistance Y Wing for sixty bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's going to read into that exactly what they want to read into that. Of course, it's all good. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Uh, Corey, what's going on in your world, man? Uh, not too much toys wise. I mean, I had a little peek around. Nada, man. Nada. Nothing Star Wars, anyhow. Picked up a cool other few things, like Stanley-ish things, which are cool. Uh, other than that, I actually passed by the comic book shop that you and I like to frequent every year. Uh, well, whenever we can get down there, frankly. Like, oh, yeah, it used to be a lot closer and was going all the time a couple months ago. And uh, anyway, I, I haven't been since October. Oh, I saw, I saw your stack. Oh, yeah. I, I It's empty. Oh, I cleared Jesus. the whole thing out. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know, to be honest, how much I had sent them over the course of this time of whatever. Like I just, you know, just kept sending them a bit of cash here and there. Whenever I get paid, and next thing you know, we added it up. It was such the wrong time for him too, because it was his thirty-fifth anniversary. So, like, there was kind of an, a bit of an event at the shop. Dude, the comics. I didn't have time, and, and the place is just so crowded. It was so crowded, right? And there was the, the long boxes were set up at, and they were 35 cents, man, a comic for the 35th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I just didn't have time when my son was there. Like, I would have loved to have spent the, the afternoon there and just flipped through everything and grabbed all kinds of runs, but that didn't happen. But I did pick up basically a mall cut up again on Star Wars. You know, I read uh, The Rise of Kylo Ren this weekend, the first two issues. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, you just got some cool comics, man. Like TMNT 100. Stoked, man. Back in the game. So you got TMNT 100. How many of the previous 99 have you read? Uh, I was up to... I'm probably about up to uh, the 91, 92. No, you're not. Yeah. I they always are not the... telling the truth. Be honest to your friends and listeners. Dude, you can listen back on the pod. That's the only <laughs> comic that I've really... Uh, 
read kind of like religiously, but did, did they the bring back? Few-ish... Did they bring back Donatello? Yep, of course they did. Well, if they, you and know there's what, a fifth turtle now too. If they brought, oh, it's a it's a female, right? That's right. Yeah, see, I'm on these things. I'm on these things. That's why I hope that comic issue 97 skyrockets. Why you're not going to sell it ever? But it's mine. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, um, not much to, added to my collection yet, but I did pick up the Heavy Infantry Mando Funko Pop. Just on a whim, I was I was at EB Games just looking around. Actually, I was looking for a Mandalorian for my son because he was freaking out. He saw mine and decided that he had to have it. And I was like, "Buddy, Carter, I'll I'll, I'll go look. I'll I'll find one for you." Like, I assumed that they'd be plentiful now. So I, I hit like six different places, nothing, zero, no nobody had anything. Uh, but this one one EB Games that I hit did have the heavy inf- infantry man. Though I'm like, well, I got to take this. Like, this is a cool Funko. And again, I'm not huge into Funkos. I have, I think, I've got eight of them now, counting on my shoulder. <laughs> I have eight, and I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I don't, I'll, you know, if I if one jumps out at me, I'll grab it. I'm, I don't think I'm ever gonna fall down a rabbit hole until I bought that heavy infantry Mando, and I was like, well, you know what? I think I'm just gonna buy Mandalorians. In the Funko Pot, uh, Funko Pop. Oh yes, uh, format. Because it, it has I, begun. <laughs> it, it's all it, well. It almost began. I'm like, well, you know what? Because I can't, I can't find Black Series Mandalorian figures. Well, I mean, I saw, I saw Kara and I saw IG Eleven, but I, the Mando himself. Who knows if I'll ever get him? So I was like, you know what? I'll just for this series, this TV show, I'll I'll get the characters in in Funko format. That'll that'll be my niche for this show. Uh, and then I realized I, I, you know, I couldn't find Quill anymore. Um, I couldn't find Kara anymore, or IG Eleven for that matter. But I, Grief Cargo was on the shelves. Um, who else was out there? Uh, the Client was out there. So I was like, ah, you know what? Should I do this? Nah, I'm not going to do it. So I held off. I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger except for the Heavy Infantry Mando. It's it's a really cool little Funko. Uh, but there's a new. There's another Mandalorian coming out this week i think along with the armorer and another covert mando and i have all those on on pre-order so (laughs) (laughs) even my mom this weekend she was like she's like what's the mandalorian funko pop your brother's looking for that i'm like i think he has one mom and she's like he said he's looking for it or the armory or the armorer (laughs) i'm just like the armor okay yeah, no, I was look at, looking out for those. Turns out they only come out, I think, this week. But um, yeah, mostly I was out there looking for my son because he was really, really wanted my my Mando Funko, and I was saying, no, no, it's you can't have it until I'm dead. You can't have it. <laughs> anyway, it, it was fun. Sometimes it's fun to get out there on the hunt, but it's so disheartening when you find nothing. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't the case this time, but. You know. Or when you buy something and then have buyers regret because you're like, I just bought something for the sake of buying something. It's not it's not what I really wanted. Well, that's it. That's that's the thing I avoided because I thought that I'd fall down this rabbit hole. Okay, I'm gonna take, uh, you know, I'll, I'll buy the the client. I'm gonna buy grief carga. I'm just gonna grab all these figures and that down the rabbit hole I go. Let's do it. And no, I held off. I said no. I'm just gonna do like actual Mandalorians. So I will get that that uh, the new Mando when it, when it hits. Uh, 
the armorer, the covert Mando. That's fine. I'm cool with that. That makes a nice little niche that I can do with Funko Pops. So I am looking forward to that. Um, but that's it. That's it for my collecting update. Real short update these days. I'm, I'm keeping a real close eye on the uh, Hyper Real Vader on Amazon. Because I do have some Amazon money left over from Christmas. It's 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 at a pretty good pr- price. I mean, it's down from 99 to 79 So I I feel like I, I should just you, pull the trigger. I thought, you, I thought you already pulled the trigger on that one. Uh, I had pre-ordered it. And then I watched a couple of reviews on YouTube the day it came out. And it was falling apart on this one guy. I was like, woof, this it scared me straight. So uh, I, can- <laughs> I canceled it. Uh, it was actually due to ship that day. And I canceled it just in time. Uh, but now, yeah, I've seen a bunch of other reviews and I've, I've spoken to some people and I saw one in person. It looks great. So I really want that damn thing, especially since they're doing Bespin Luke later this year. I really want to get my hands on that. So that might be the next so, next yeah. thing. It looks like the uh, the chefs are uh, Super Bowl champs. Ooh, congrats, KC. I had no dog in this fight. I, uh, you know, both those teams, I'm so neutral on both of them. Just to let people know exactly <laughs> when we record. Super Bowl just ended, everybody. <laughs> um, All right, that's it for collecting. Let's check back in next week and see, see what's new. Um, Not much news, though, guys. I think this is sort of... Again, that that time to let Star Wars sort of calm down a little bit. We're all waiting for updates on Project Luminous, and we got one late last week from ABC's Clayton Sandell. So he he gave us a quick update via Twitter about um, about the much anticipated product project project. Uh, so he tweeted, "What is hashtag Project Luminous? As already announced, it's a publishing effort to tell a big interconnected Star Wars story. Key." Don't hold your breath for any movie, TV, game tie-ins. On February 24th, we'll learn about stories, characters, release dates, and most intriguing, the era. Hashtag no spoilers. So that was the tweet from Clayton Sandell, underscoring that it's it's a publishing initiative. And he threw cold, ice cold water on games, uh, movies, TV, all that other stuff, which, you know... Confir- kind of confirms the officially released Lucasfilm info that you know th- this is a thing between Marvel, IDW, Delray, uh, Disney, Lucasfilm Press, so all that other stuff. So you know that, that remember that report we talked about from Zero.hu, that Hungarian site, uh, and then making Star Wars later uh, from earlier this month, like, both said that the movies would be set in this High Republic era, which I still believe, but it sounds like we're going to have to wait on that confirmation about movies. So I don't know. Did you guys did you guys see Clayton Sandell's update? Oh yeah, I saw it. I saw it, but uh, I was hoping it would be a little bit something more along my alley. Uh, but uh, it's still interesting because you know, canon is canon. Yeah, I mean, and I guess we'll see when whenever they announce it. But it looks like it's. I mean, it still sounds like it's going to be a huge thing. So whatever it builds to, will be huge. And I still believe it's going to build to a movie. Like I still believe those that that zero dot hu and msw. I still believe those reports that, uh, I guess in the grand scheme of things, that's what Project Luminous is for. But it sounds like the video game thing is maybe not quite happening in the way that the report had indicated. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. But you know, remember we, I don't know if we talked about this, but 
I think back in October or November, maybe they said, we we were given a report from the Hollywood Hollywood Reporter saying that uh, the next Star Wars movie will be announced in January, and it was like this thing that fandom just sort of took for granted as fact. And I don't I don't know if we spoke about it here. I don't remember. I tried to look into our our archive, and I didn't quite see it. So I don't. I, we must have mentioned it in passing at least. But uh, everybody's waiting. You know, the days are ticking off on on January, and nothing. Like we got nothing about this new movie, which everybody expected an announcement on. And yeah, I guess the, the narrative is turning towards like Disney's in a panic. They don't know what they're doing. They're they're sort of going going to ground and ducking and covering because everything's a mess and. That's kind of when I got to looking into that that report from the Hollywood Reporter. And it, again, it was like there was never any quote from Lucasfilm, any direct quote from Kathleen Kennedy or anybody that said, yes, we're doing something in January. So I don't know if the report was wrong from the Hollywood Reporter. But uh, you know, now that we're into February with still no movie, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> I guess it comes when it comes, but... Uh, how are you guys doing without uh, any sort of movie announcement? Uh, I just, I just want to speak on this Project Luminous a bit. Like, I like the fact that it's not movie-related or TV-related. I think this has the kind of opportunity, like you said, Kyle, like everybody's been talking about uh, the High Era, uh, High Republic Era, being like the next movie venture. This possibly, this project can possibly start to build within that timeline kind of maybe you know not necessarily the characters that we're seeing on on screen eventually or maybe that we will in the background and like the hardcore fans will be like oh my god you know but uh it, it's it's interesting it's the first stab that canonical literature i believe at this point is gonna delve outside that time frame that we're we've been playing in all along right so that's kind of cool. Like, obviously, I think it's going to be in the past, and I think all signs do point to this High Republic era thing. But either way, like the hype surrounding it as well, I also feel it's mostly the the writers that have kind of been talking about this more than anyone else. Like, I don't know. Like, I I mean, I keep hearing about it, but like, I don't feel like Disney's pumping it up or uh, Lucasfilm is pumping it up as as much as like I, I believe Charles Soule's involved, right? Yeah, so like stuff I keep seeing things from like people like him and anyhow, like I, I'm definitely super intrigued, man. Like I, I like the multi platform thing too. It'll be cool to, you know, buy some comics and, you know, possibly some uh picture books, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it it'll be it'll be cool to have like a crossover possible. I mean, you can't necessarily ask people to do both, but I'm sure both platforms will be relevant to one another but satisfying on their own yeah it kind of has to be that way i would think but anyway i'm looking forward like are are, are you like were you at all thinking about the movie announcement that we thought maybe we were getting in january did that even cross your mind over the last month yeah well you brought it up not too long ago saying because there was a business earnings call or something right so yeah, so on Tuesday the 4th, as a lot of people listen to this, there will be an earnings call. So maybe that's when Iger will utter something about the next movie. But other than but, that, like if there's 
who knows? Who knows when this announcement was supposed to be? It, maybe January was was BS from from the get go. I have no idea. No, I'm I'm just one of those guys that likes to sit back and pull up a chair and just watch watch the good times and the bad. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever met somebody who likes to watch the bad times. Well, no, I, I definitely don't, but that's what I do. Like, I, I don't, I don't get into the fray too much. I just kind of sit up on the t- on the hilltop, you know, like shaking my head, drinking my beer. Yeah, we took <laughs> we took that for granted, Corey. I know. <laughs> Carlos, are you uh, pounding sand over there that there's no movie announcement yet? No, at this point, I just. Uh... <sighs> Oh boy! Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was gonna say no noose is good noose. Yeah, I'm not overly. It's too soon, man. I mean, Skywalker's not yet. Rise of Skywalker's not even out of the theater yet. Oops! <laughs> I wasn't done. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just I'm uh, I'm I'm weary right now. I'm, uh, I didn't have any preconception as to when they were going to announce stuff. I had heard some rumors about it uh, happening at some point uh, at the end of January or beginning of February. Um, but the fact that nothing is there right now it doesn't it doesn't tell me that there's fire anywhere. But you know. A lot of amateur firefighters out there. Um, Giving it their all. Oh, yeah. Looking, you know, blowing. uh, Careful. (laughs) 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 Looking for smoke. So um, I'm not. uh, Yeah. Remember the fire company? Remember the movie Gangs in New York and how there was like actually competing fire companies? uh at the you know around the time of the civil war in new york and they'd actually like fight each other to see who was going to fight the fire (laughs) that's hilarious Uh, that that's what (laughs) that's what star wars fandom reminds me of oh boy well you know it it was fandom's kind of it's sunday night so everybody's a little bit tired the super bowl's going on i get it people are kind of food coma but just watching how Pablo Hidalgo sort of flicked some matches out there again, unwittingly. <laughs> I don't blame you if you missed it. I mean, he's got us all blocked. But uh, he did it. He did it. He's my hero. I love this man. And I want him to know that. But uh, I didn't see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he did. Well, you know how people like their conspiracy theories about how Rise of Skywalker was clearly, clearly changed at the last minute and how... Blah, 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 all this bullshit. Mm. Well, he sort of put the kibosh and all that. <laughs> and then guess who got mad at him? Uh, you know. guessed it. <laughs> That's correct. He basically just, all he said is that uh, what we saw in 9 was, like the ending of 9 is what it's all, what it was always planned to be. Essentially, there was no change. There was no subversion. There was no last minute panic to to make the movie a different ending from what it originally was planned. And uh, the people who thought it was got mad at him. 
even though they, <laughs> they, even though they have really no access to him. So if you're if you're wondering what happened with Pablo, that's I think he's lying. <laughs> I, I just think he's lying. No, you there's don't. No, yeah, yeah. There's no way. <laughs> well, you th- you think they drastically changed it at the last minute? I think. Uh, sure. What's the consensus that they changed it? <laughs> uh, no. Oh. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know what I think. That. <laughs> I'll see what the I'll see what the fire looks like tomorrow morning. I'll sift through that stuff, and then I'll I'll uh, come to a, a conclusion. It's like you got, you, you got, we, we got to play this like Thrawn would play it. Like, which side is going to win? That's the side I'll go with. No, based solely on emotion, I'll make my decision. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Pablo is is my hero of the moment. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's let's kind of get that all out of here. <laughs> no, no news is good. No news is good news. Yeah, no news is good news. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. So, yeah, let's get into the Clone Wars stuff. Um, we thought about ways in which we could approach the Clone Wars in the last couple of weeks before it starts again. And I figured, like, we'll each pick a story arc from the first six seasons of Clone Wars, and then we'll just kick it around. Because there are a lot of great arcs to choose from. So, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll spend an episode talking about those arcs and getting excited for uh, the season seven premiere. And Carlos, you were up first uh, to talk about the arc that you wanted to discuss, which is? The Ark of the Covenant. No, uh, the Mortis Ark. The... What, what's the, 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 the real name of this arc? Well, um, yeah, it's the Mortis. There's Overlords, Altar of Mortis, and Ghosts of Mortis. I, yeah. th- I think they call it the Mortis Trilogy. Yeah. Mortis trilogy, but also um, it's the chosen one, right? Uh, so I, I think it's it was it's super important. It's something that we love talking about here. Uh, is Anakin really the chosen one? Oh God! Uh, Did you do this on purpose? Oh, of course. come on! Give me a little bit more credit than that. Of course, I did. <sighs> And um, all I wanted was some peace and quiet to end my weekend. Hush. Now we have to go back Car- here. Carlos didn't even watch it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, of course I watched it. I watched it twice. Actually, I watched it earlier this week and then I watched it. This, I watched it today with my kids. It's a crazy arc, man. So, yeah, no, it's really, oh, man. it's, it's, I call it the yo-yo arc a little bit. Cause you're up and down and up and down. It's like, okay, oh, we're gone. Oh, no, we're not gone. It's not over. We're back. Yeah, the way that uh, first episode ends, you're like, oh, well, that was short. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're leaving. They're leaving Mortis. That's that's it. All right. Yeah. So it was. It's uh, no. I, I think it's important, and um, there. Uh, the main reason why I wanted to hit on this one was because uh, there's a couple of things that 
I think if we look through them with a different lens, we can, a lot of things can be. Um, Recontextualized. Yeah. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of them. And I think the Clone Wars does a really good job at that with a lot of different, mm-hmm. um, a lot of different stuff, but s- specifically with, with this arc. So I don't know. I thought it would be cool. Absolutely. Yeah. This is like one of the, Big mind-bending arcs in this in over the course of what's well, really the first five seasons. Like we're talking about, like top five, top five arc for sure. Yeah, for sure, easily. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I mean, even if it's not your cup of tea, because it is pretty crazy out there stuff. Even if it's not like one of your favorite arcs, it you'd have. I think you'd have to say it's one of the most important arcs. I would say so. Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent essential viewing. You like. It, this, especially not only for the fact of the story that it tells, but this is at a point where it's episodes 15, 16, and 17 of the third season, right? Like the show is really confident in itself at this point. Totally hit its stride firing on all cylinders, man. Like it's not afraid to do different things. This series in particular kind of also didn't necessarily delve that deep into old Jedi lore or mystical uses of the force it had just started to like the previous episodes to this episode have to do with the night sisters right yeah i mean we see it throughout this these six seasons the lost missions kind of start to deal with this stuff a bit as well uh but i would argue i mean rebels kind of rivals it at one point but they're all it's all derivative from and associated with this mortis trilogy anyway the depth of which uh, the fort they look at the force from different angles but I would argue that this is the almost the most important of canonical Star Wars uh, revelations. It's the deepest cut that any Star Wars has ever taken when it comes to the Force. Like it's the deepest cut from any angle, no matter what you look at it, like films, uh, television, books. Like in my opinion, anyhow, that the elements that it's discussing and the reality of the force and your your new understanding and of the force after having watched it is like it's it's huge if you're a fan of star wars you have to see these episodes uh yeah i would agree with that i mean i guess people come to star wars for different reasons like some people are primarily like the force and jedi and sith stuff and some people like the other end of it the the space battles and the politics of it but yeah i for sure. I mean, this this to me is is one of those arcs. Like again, if you're if you're introducing somebody to Clone Wars and say, "Hey, dude, you want to like season seven starting? You should catch up." I know you don't have time to watch 120 episodes, but here's a list of like three to five arcs that you should watch. the The Mortis the Mortis trilogy would be in that list, no question. It depends, though. It de- really depends on the viewers. Uh depth of star wars knowledge maybe and maybe their passion for star wars like that's that's what i was mentioning earlier about this season kind of hitting its stride at this point i mean can you really see young children being interested in an arc like this kind of you know what i mean they wouldn't know what's what well i mean that yeah they for sure they'd be interested they wouldn't make heads or tails of it i don't think yeah but even at that like the, a lot of clone wars episodes are very slow like i i noticed that they they can lose children's attention oh, relatively sure. quickly. And yeah, I think that a lot of that is to is because of George. Like 
he didn't like he didn't want to make things like like dopey like barney level infantile and i thank him for it man like oh god anyway let's let's about the episode itself i mean uh, carlos what you want to I'll, I'll I'll let you kind of steer the bus with this. Where where do you want to go first with this? So I think we have we have to give a little bit of a of a backdrop of what's going on. I think um, Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka. Uh, there's a distress call. Yeah, two thousand year old one, man. That's in, so cool. In the unknown regions, right? Uh, yeah, and um, they're they're supposed to meet a, a Jedi command ship. Uh, with well, who was it, Rex? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, they're they're on their way there, and they're at the uh, the coordinates. But um, it, it's very Star Trekian in, uh, in a way. Uh, the way it, it, the whole thing lines up. Yeah, in, uh, or in like, like uh, they're 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 at the right coordinates in space, and the 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 ship they're supposed to rendezvous with is also at the right coordinates, but they're nowhere to be found. And for Twilight me, it just, zone. It, yeah, there's just something very cute about it, you know? And, it's like uh, the Bermuda Triangle of space. Yeah, kind of. And uh, what, uh, I mean, we end up learning a lot. But I mean, the first thing that, that you kind of you see is this like this Borg cube, but it's not a cube. It's like two triangles, one on top of the other that opens up in a bright light. It's a rhombohedron, Carlos. Sure. Jesus. Christ. And uh wow, you're such a nerd. Holy cow. <laughs> I, I don't know, I saw it somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, so um and then there's a huge flash of light and they wake up and they're on this planet that's just like uh breathing. There's no animal life, it's all plant life, but it's 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 pretty much a planet that's the living breathing force. Um, did anybody notice, like, as the ship was sort of approaching, um, the, the what's it called, Corey? The rhombohedron? Well, that's the shape. That's what the shape is described of. But I, I like, I call it like the the iceberg of the force, man. It's like light and dark temples kind of combined almost. Well, the the way it separates, didn't it remind you of the shape of the the temple on Exegol with the light? Yes, the, yes, yeah. But only one half of it. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it'd be like a light and a dark. It's like it was the mirror. Part. It was just one of the mirror sides of the temple. Absolutely. Because I hadn't I hadn't revisited this mortis arc. Man. Probably since I saw it the first time around. So it's been, what, seven years or so. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't I can't remember the last time I saw this. Like, I remember watching it on TV. And being like, what the hell did we just see? This episode, these episodes were crazy. Maybe I've re- I've seen them again since, like maybe on in YouTube clips, but I don't remember ever watching the whole thing. And so I remember looking at this episode, and all kinds of stuff came to light for me as I sat down watching it again. And I'm like, man, like that's Exegol imagery right there. So oh my god, it was so clear to me. Like I, I that's part of the reason why I went to watch it back this week. And it's funny because uh, when uh, you brought up this idea of doing the um, uh, doing a kind of like a Clone Wars best of arcs uh, type of thing, I had already watched this. I had watched it this week, like before you brought it up uh, in our convo. That's why I was so quick to say, let's talk about the motorcycle because <laughs> I've already done my homework. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, no, that, 
yeah, it's kind of a cheat, but um, it was yeah, it's really big, man. And, and it someone like, had to do it. But watching back, like it's like wow, there are so many connections, man. Yeah, for sure. Like that, and once I saw that, like exegolish imagery. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to pay a lot more attention just to see what else came out of this. Because one of the things we learned, and we didn't talk about the Trevorrow script here, but he was going to Mortis in his version of the movie, at least in his bullet point draft that we learned of. Sure. There was going to be some Mortis stuff in that. And I think it's pretty clear that some, some some of that stuff trickled through, at least, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint. But one thing I thought was funny they've you know they get this distress call with a jedi code embedded in it it's not been heard in 2000 years and they send obi-wan anakin and ahsoka like the wills man the wills yeah the the hand wave yeah will will of the force like yeah but yoda kind of I, i mean i guess it's like the default that yoda kind of always senses something like, but, like, I feel like it's. I feel. I feel like they're a good team. Like they, they've proved themselves time and time again throughout the Clone Wars. Like, why not send those guys? Like for me, like if I was like, you know, okay, I get it. It's a show about primarily Anakin and Ahsoka and, and Obi Wan. That's our trio. But just from like an in-universe standpoint, it like this is a big deal. Like you're getting a two thousand year old Jedi code from this weird part of space. Like. Maybe send your best guy. Like maybe maybe Mace Windu and Yoda should go check this out. They're just sitting there. Just go. Oh, yeah. Like send one of those. Like the, the same way. Like when when Anakin pops up at the Jedi Temple in Phantom Menace, and they're like, "Yeah, go with the new kid. Go, Obi Wan. You teach." Well, him. they're kind of weary that it's a trap at the same time, right? Like, but yeah, I know. But it's like okay, you get Anakin this this the Virgins and the Force. Maybe you should let a Yoda handle this case. It seems a little special. Instead, ah, we'll let the inexperienced Padawan handle him. And it's the same, like kind of the same. I just laughed. I mean, not not in a derisive way, but just in like the. Uh, this is kind of silly, but whatever. This, this that's what Carlos was saying in the Star Trekian way. It's almost like a reconnaissance mission. Like go investigate, don't do anything. But what happens from that point on? Like, I don't know, man. That's all. St- that's what I'm about, man. Like when you see that temple and that overshadowing music, it's like, oh, it's like, oh my god, it's a like god. Like there's something like I just, I just love it, man. Like we don't even know once they get in this thing, there's a planet with side, inside a temple. Like how does that even work? Like I, it's, it's like they're not even in the universe or the galaxy or. I don't know. You don't even know where this place is. Or does it even exist? Or is it in their minds? Like, it's very abstract and cool, man. And I love that part of the force. It's so well, deep. It's kind of like the construct. It's like uh, I keep coming back to the architect in the Matrix, whereas like it's behind the wall. Like you, when you're in the Matrix, and and you get to to the level of the architect, you're not detectable anymore. Like there, there there's there's like a um, a firewall, like a back wall. Yeah, like another dimension almost. Almost. And uh, there's just, yeah, man, it's, there's something like, I think the Matrix steals from Superman and, and Star Wars, and then Star Wars steals from the Matrix uh, with some of the imagery and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's really, really cool. There's it's just like something a about it. 
Yeah, it's like a circle. <laughs> Up, down. Wait, well, this this is I think the first time that we heard Liam Neeson back. Yeah, I love that. And he shows up early too. too. Yeah, it was it was Liam Neeson. I, they got him back, and he we heard. I think he was real early in the first episode, wasn't he? Yeah, he starts talking to Obi Wan. Basically, once they get separated, they meet the the the, the daughter. But hold on, hold on. My horse. question, my question is this: is is this the first time that we see the Qui Gon Force ghost, or does Yoda see him? No, this is the first time. So this is the first time. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, yeah my, I was having a discussion with my kids about it because we know that he he does appear to to Yoda. Yeah, eventually, I think that's the Lost Missions. Right, so there you go. So think, yeah. well, we do hear Qui Gon's voice when Anakin is chopping up the Sand People. Anakin, yeah. no, Anakin. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you, you get that, but no, no, for sure. So. Um, no, it's quite interesting. Like uh, I, I, I love seeing it, and but we need. I think we need to talk about the sister and the brother and the father. Like mm-hmm. the the imagery of these things. Like yeah, it's, it's so perfect. There's something so about the sister. I don't know, Kyle. Like um, George Lucas came and plucked Dave Filoni personally away from the Avatar project, and. At the end of season one of Avatar, like there's a, a character that's very similar to the sister. And she's basically the moon goddess. Yeah. Yeah. Is that so, the, from the Siege of the North two part arc at the end of season yeah. one? The push and pull. Yeah. No, she was very ethereal that way. Very, very floaty. Yeah. Yeah. But, but see, the heart of Star Wars is Vader, Luke, and Leia. And there's like there's a mirroring thing happening there where the the father actually uh, presents to Anakin that he needs to he, he's he's old and he needs to be replaced and Anakin is the chosen one and his job is to replace him. Yeah, which Anakin sort of says, "Hell no, no, <laughs> no," because here. Anakin is attached to the to 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 the real world he's attached to feelings and to padme and uh he he's selfish he doesn't want to leave um so i I don't know how how, what you guys want to do if you want to go episode by episode or or we talk about like over you know the arc as a whole yeah i mean just whatever yeah things things that yeah uh, like we're still at the beginning here like basically the the daughter represents the light right the brother is a complete representation of darkness and the father is like the balance between them. So like you were saying in the first episode, they, they basically, they all think that Anakin is the chosen one. Like right away. It's like, are you the one like, ah, like what is going, you know, right away with that in this episode, that something, something crazy is going on, man. And uh, anyhow, I, I just loved it. Like, I, how about we can't go without noticing uh, or mentioning Sam Witwer's performance as the brother again. Did it bother anybody that like, it's the same mall voice? It's, it's Maul's voice. Like it, it, it put me off a little bit, a little. Yeah. Kind of. And the, whatever, it did, it's so good. It didn't bug me. It got to me a little bit. And also that the, the brother looks so much like an inquisitor. Yeah. That's when my, my kids was like, he looks like the inquisitor. It, that got to me a little bit too. You know, and it's like especially when um, who asked him like, "Are you a Sith?" And he's like, "Sith, man!" <laughs> like that was such a Darth Maul, Sam Witwer laugh. And he's that, like, "Yes, 
and no like that yeah that that line right there was the thing that kind of took me out and go and was like ah oh, man like i get why you'd use sam, sam witwer in both cases he's fam- fantastic but yeah i wish they had gotten just a little bit of a different intonation or something out of him yeah i could see that so, so like anakin's like this planet itself is an amplifier and a magnet for the force it's the conduit for the force through this galaxy or the universe potentially you know and if properly used like anakin would potentially be able to like channel this power and control the darkness and the light and balance it all right like that's his supposed destiny right it, it to me it begs the question like who the hell is this family man like where are they from are they actually biologically related oh are we or- asking for backstories on these three now uh, it's just those <laughs> we're not I, I know we'll never get it but it just to me it makes me wonder like this is the force that i've always been interested in man like this ancient ancient force that just seems so above and beyond what these jedi are capable of like when you see things like uh the world between worlds which is again very closely associated with this it seems like those force wielders just had such a, a greater understanding of what the galaxy was and the forces and how to interact with it. And I, I don't know, man, I'm just all about that, man. Like e- even in this one, when you see Anakin is using the planet to like the, the father's testing him, you know, control, try and control these two and their, these demonic forms, you know, like the Griffin in this like bat dragon thing. It was toothless. Like, yeah. Toothless with teeth. <laughs> but, uh, anyhow, you see like, uh, kind of a lot of the same imagery that, that we saw in rebels right like uh inside the temple and you even see the wolves i don't know if you not noticed that kyle did you see the wolves as like a marked as like constellations yeah, constellation, the stars yeah. that yeah. was so cool man i love that one thing okay this completely i can i forgot this completely but we also got like a shmi apparition type thing yeah yeah like anakin having this nightmare or dream of of his mom I think was it, it was Pernilla his, August? It was the brother. Yeah, it was the brother kind of inducing this vision in Anakin. But did they? Was it? Did anyone check the credits to see if it was Pernilla August? I didn't. I didn't. It sounded like her, but uh, I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it was. Like, did, but did you, did you notice the line? Like, it jumped out at me right away, and I wrote it down. Nothing ever really dies, my son. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, doesn't that sound a lot of a lot like sequel trilogy stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's Luke Skywalker saying no one ever no one's, no one's ever really gone. Yeah, I thought I, I amazing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, when you when you see this, it's like okay, people who are like ah, they didn't pay attention to any Star Wars lore. JJ isn't watching, or you know, all these guys they don't pay attention. They I think pay they're attention. Not paying attention, or <laughs> or somebody is is paying attention for them because i mean obviously this stuff is filtering through it's very clear and, but one of the things that shmi says was that uh that, that padme was not anakin's destiny which is on all the, the list of things that anakin would never want to hear yeah hearing that padme is not your destiny destiny is literally the last thing like she called she called uh she called yeah shmi called padme a, a poisoner yeah, poisoner. Yeah, Oof, that's exactly the word. I don't like I again, I completely blacked on these episodes and especially with Shmi, I I it was totally caught off guard by this. 
And to, to hear that line again, I was like, whoa, like that's big stuff. That's real big stuff. Which, yeah. I mean, and this is still, we're still like, what, not even halfway through the first episode. Like, they came out guns blazing with Qui-Gon and Shmi and... Even, even Ahsoka, like, all three of them have a vision in their sleep. Yeah, they all, they all get these tests, right? But I thought Obi-Wan really didn't get tested at all. No, I don't think so either. No, I don't know. No, he, got, he got lucky. He, 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 he stood up to the father, though. Like, the father was like, you cannot interfere at one point. He was like, you know what? If I'm here... I believe I was meant to interfere. So like step aside, old man. Yeah. The force brought me here. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's, that's something that we, we obviously learn is that the force brought them there. Like the, the, the whole message, like not, not that the whole message was a way to lure them there, but like, it, it's just, they, the, the father was really looking to make sh- to make sure if Anakin was actually the chosen one. Yep. Yep. And this so is, it, they said that, uh, I think Qui-Gon said that, right? Like if, if to Obi-Wan, I can't remember yeah. exactly he what asks, he said. What do you believe? Yeah. yeah he said if, uh, if Anakin is the chosen one, he will, he will discover balance on Mortis. Something to that effect. Yeah, man, super interesting stuff. I mean, they went they went real deep with this episode pretty quick. But again, just to go back to to the stuff we learned about uh, Trevorrow's script and, and like the influence that it eventually had on Rise of Skywalker, like we see uh, the father grab Anakin's lightsaber by the blade. Yeah, and that lines up with some of the concept art that we saw of Luke grabbing Kylo's blade. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Man. So they're, I mean, they're pulling these ideas, which to me is really cool it really does how about, how about like mid mid arc at one point anakin's like basically goes after the brother with a blade like and he's just like blocking the lightsaber blows just like with his arm like batman almost <laughs> yeah the lightsaber is almost useless right of course but it, interesting to note like anakin like he says in the, in the episode that he's just like he thought that the chosen one stuff was just a bunch of bunk like he he wasn't buying into it into his own hype, which I thought was kind of interesting. Either it's I I don't know if he if, if he really believed that or if he just didn't want to have that pressure on himself. Yeah, that's that. I feel it's more like that. He didn't want a predetermined destiny, and you know, if he really is the chosen one, I guess that eventually does mean losing Ahsoka or, uh, well, yeah, Ahsoka, but more so Padme. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was what really about a, a, what about Ahsoka seeing her older self and yeah, pretty that, much nailing the truth about everything? Pretty much, eh? <laughs> like, do they ha- like is this arc written like Ahsoka's arc? Like, was it predetermined that it would be this way? Like, well, at the very least, you can tell three. the same guy. <laughs> The same guy handling Ahsoka at, in in this is still dealing with Ahsoka's story later on in Rebels, and and you know this this in a way it's almost like uh I had this written down at one point but it's like the the dawn of the apprentice in the sense you know she actually turns to the dark side because she's bitten by the brother and like poisoned but at the same time like she's turned to the dark side and she's not only dueling Anakin but also Obi Wan at one point. 
like that was just so cool and like she was giving them a run for their money as well you know like when it when ahsoka attacked obi-wan well first she's dueling with uh with anakin first and then obi-wan yeah. kind of gets involved and she's like ah two and then it's like finally a challenge you know but she's going toe to toe with them and she's not to be trifled with and she does come out on top in that fight does she yeah pretty much like the fight kind of gets interrupted and then I mean, we'll get to this eventually, but you know, she, the, the altar of Mortis, the dagger of Mortis. He's like, mm-hmm. like, Anakin catch. And she's like, Whoosh. Oh yeah. She, yeah. She interception. Yeah. So that's it. She's always on her game, man. Anyone who bashes Ahsoka can go, you know where they can go. Like, <laughs> dude, she's done it all, man. Like think about, she's like Obi-Wan's age when the Phantom Menace comes, maybe even a bit younger. And the amount of war and the amount of experience that she's accumulated and knowledge. Well, she's like 14 or 15 in these episodes. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, uh, anyone who's like, oh, she's like a Mary Sue or whatever. Like, like uh, nobody she doesn't says deserve that, this. Nobody, well, nobody really says that about Ahsoka. I saw something online last week that kind of like really grinded my gears, you know? Oh, that was uh, – was that the – the, the, oh yeah, what's his face? Uh, the Ubadush. <laughs> oh, the guy formerly what's... from Collider, John Campia. Oh yeah, that's the guy. The guy. The Ubadush. Um, yeah, if, if if Maul and Ahsoka fight, like, yes, yeah, so something to the effect like it shouldn't even be a fight. Maul should like kick her ass or something like that. But no, they're right gonna... because because Obi Wan in the Phantom Menace had all kinds of experience and. Managed to like flip over him and lop him in half in one shot. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Jesus Christ, that that's that's like a full five finger slap across the face, kind of. You know, doesn't Maul deserve lose almost handed. every fight he gets in? Like, <laughs> and that's that's Maul is cool. He's he, he's a cool character that people, but but you don't understand that his job is to lose. Like, well, yeah, that's he's, the, the Freddie Prince thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah that's but, right. Yes, yes, yes. He he's, did that he's, whole thing. He's Sisyphus. He is doomed to fail. That's his thing. Yeah. Like he just he'll push the boulder all the way to the top, and then he'll just roll back down on him. That's exactly right. That's, yeah, that's yeah exactly. but it doesn't mean he's not talented. I mean, you you see this guy kick some serious butt, but like you you guys have a point there. Like it also goes to, you know, it plays to the other character strengths. You know what I mean? Like in a story, it'll go to to me when you look at uh, Obi Wan and his final battle. And rebels like it's one two three you're dead like that doesn't to me necessarily say that maul was a shitty villain it more says like obi-wan is the bomb well it, it shows character growth it shows that obi-wan's open to learning and maul is just stubbornly bulldozing ahead with his old ideas and he's he just he can't learn he or he won't it's one or the other it's it's he's the pierre dash he's, he's blinded by the uh <laughs> <laughs> only wrist shots from 40 feet out that's all but i and to be he, fair he's to the Maul, guy you want on your team in a scrimmage yeah or uh, yeah in a shootout yeah, yeah shootout yeah but yeah to be fair to maul like he's yes he's had some wins for sure he, he got the better of pre vizsla and he well he killed satine right in front of obi-wan so eh, he's, he's had his moments but really when it gets down to it when maul gets into a fight an important one, he kind of, he loses. He loses to Padawan Obi-Wan. He loses to old Obi-Wan. He loses to Palpatine. 
He won against Qui-Gon. Yeah, he beat Qui-Gon. But he's still batting. Let's say he's batting 500. When you're holding a lightsaber, that's not. those aren't good odds. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Well, like you, I mean, you, physi- you physically, be in the he's range. representing 500, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair is fair. Anyway. Anyway, it's not. Yeah. Who was it in this episode, this opening episode, that said Anakin? Oh, it was Obi Wan, I think. Anakin will not be easy to deceive. <laughs> I was like, oops. <laughs> yeah. Actually, let, let, give him a few minutes with Palpatine. Kind of always is, though, huh? Yeah. Kind of always is. It's. I think that was Obi Wan's blind spot, right? Like he, Obi Wan always seemed to have a bl- little bit of a blind spot for Anakin, where it's like he's never let me down, or um, even when they have their parting words in Revenge of the Sith, right before um, uh, Obi Wan leaves to go f- to go to Utapau, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're a stronger, wiser Jedi than I can ever hope to be," or something like that. It's like I think I it's think more trying to, trying to his tires. yeah, exactly. I think he's trying to tell him like. I know you're not happy about this right now, and but your your time is coming. Like, but also you don't like you. You may feel like I don't trust you. Like he's like Obi Wan doesn't trust me, man. But he also he also you says know? that to Yoda and Mace. He's like he's never let me down. Like he's he does have a lot of blind faith in Anakin. And I think that's, that's true. That's, Anakin's pulled some pretty crazy stuff off for sure. For sure. Yeah, in this episode. Yeah, and, and a lot of that's the best part about the Clone Wars is you really get. Had it not been for this series, like uh, I get Anakin, I like him from the prequel trilogy, you know. But this just adds a whole so many other layers to the character. When he, so when his eventual fall comes, it makes it harder, even though it's just an animated character or whatever. But. Yeah, for sure. Like, for me, the biggest takeaway from this whole trilogy is is Anakin's power and his his potential power and like his weaknesses, uh, his his proclivity to darkness and. Uh, well, he, he 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 goes full Sith. But it's yeah. always in the name of peace, though. Even with the brothers, like yeah, but that's do this. He's like that's it's that's like Palpatine, peace, right? Yeah, but uh, his that, his intentions are always noble. And he feels like he's giving himself up for that cause, but at the same time, he's being deceived and he's naive. Oh, I don't know, man. I, 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 he, he, look, he, he, every sacrifice he makes, he makes selfishly. Okay. And we're, I'm going to jump right away to the third episode here where the father actually really makes a sacrifice. See, the, the, what the father does is. And this is going to come back to, I, don't, I think Kyle's going to hate me for this, but it it, it comes back to, uh, is Anakin the chosen one? Because the, the whole prophecy comes to fruition in this episode. From a certain point of view. Well, this is my point of view, is that he brings balance to the force here. Yeah, the father even says that. This is this is the prophecy. But no, the father goes on to say in the third episode, as he's dying, his dying breaths, he's telling them, he's like, "You've brought balance to this to this planet on here on Mortis. Continue on this path, and you'll bring balance you to do the it galaxy." Again. He says, "You could do it again." 
for the galaxy. But you could do it again. In other words, he brought balance to the force because if if things. But he also says you you brought balance directly to this planet, which could be interpreted as the force because it's the conduit of and whatever. Yeah, it's a force planet, right? Like that's where the force. It seems like that's where the force was born. Almost, it, it renews every day. It's the circle of life, the force, uh, and every hour of the day, it kind of it renews itself. Anyways, I I, I just I, I find it extremely like yeah. Does he does he bring balance to the force by throwing? Palpatine down the shaft? No. He had he already fulfilled the prophecy. Well, it, that's just another way of well, had the sequel trilogy not existed, maybe he'd say fully brought balance. But the fact that Palpatine's back, it, that kind of muddies it a bit for me. But uh, but yeah, he definitely fulfilled this planet's balance for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I think if you if. If you want to look at it that way, it, it kind of tidies things up a little. It does. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, Kyle and I argue about the chosen one thing all the time. And I'm not saying that Anakin's not the chosen one. No, he definitely just, is. He definitely is. 100%. I just feel like the prophecy has been muddied because I feel like all the other var- variables, including Ray now, come in to be fulfilled within that prophecy originating with Anakin. No, I see, because the brother, if the brother is allowed to leave, he destroys everything. Yeah, you're right. And Anakin's ready to leave. And the only way that he he kills the brother is by the father making that ultimate sacrifice that same sacrifice that Obi-Wan makes, that same sacrifice that Luke makes, that same sacrifice that Leia makes in reaching out to Ben. Wait, he, he, he done got duped. Yeah, he got duped. And it allowed Anakin to make that final stroke. Just like uh, Palpatine making the mistake of, of trying to use the Force Lightning when... Obviously, if if Mace Windu can can bounce it back, uh, Ray's gonna bounce it back with the with the lightsaber. It's it's it, there's uh, there's so much mirroring going on that it made makes me appreciate the whole sequel trilogy so much more when you when you watch the Mortis arc. Yeah, the, like, the Mortis arc hindsight. really is. Uh, it really does make a lot of other things seem more. Um, I don't want to say co- cohesive because. There's a lot of, from a certain point of view in these episodes, I feel, but it does make a lot of like the entire saga feel more considered. Like there, there's obviously a lot of thought in these episodes and they all, they, they do have like through lines into the, into the movies, including the sequel trilogy. I'm glad that George was on board and bold enough to tap, tackle something of this magnitude the whole chosen one thing you know people getting so up in a in a roar about it but the way he chose to do it again was just so different and absolutely perfect and the magnitude again of it is the gravitas well one of the things that like 
in the movies, like especially the prequels, one of the things that I, I don't think is ever really delivered in full effect is is how powerful in the Force Anakin is. Yeah. And like, yes, great. He's amazing with a lightsaber and he can fly a, a, a you know, a, a fighter like nobody's business. But like that, that's that's kind of not what I not what I mean. Like if he's so powerful in the Force, like we need to see him do stuff beyond that. And we never did really in the movies. And so I'm glad that they brought this here, brought these episodes out so that we could see Anakin do crazy things like tame those two beasts, you know, tame the brother and sister at the same time when, when uh, the, the father said, you, you know, you can't. You have to make a choice. Yeah. You can't do, you can't tame both. And Anakin goes, oh yeah, watch me. And he does. If yeah. that was the test, like, of course the father's going to say that. Like if he wasn't able to do that, then he wouldn't be the chosen one. But not only that, it's not that he can and can't do it. See, this is where it comes back to Ray. Okay. He makes the choice that he's not going to pick one or the other. He, he doesn't know it's a test. He's going to save both. Yeah. It's I like a choice. He makes that choice. And that's why he's the chosen one. And he's just, he's just that powerful. And I'm glad we got to see that in these, in these episodes. It's like Ray making the choice. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I could, I could, I could be a slave to the blood of my ancestors, or I can choose to be a Skywalker. It's, it's the mirroring, guys. It's, 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 it's like crazy, poetry. You know? it, it rhymes. Yeah. Well, one of the things, like as this first episode ends, like um, you know, the the father is talking about how it's he thinks it's Anakin's destiny destiny to stay there and. and guard the balance with his children. But he also sees, says that if Anakin leaves, like his selfishness will haunt him and haunt the galaxy, which, you know, obviously is, is exactly what happens. Yeah. But I love that as he's saying that, and, the, you know, Anakin gets on the shuttle anyway and they leave, like you hear the Imperial March in the music. Yeah. That was, that was cool. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, notes in the in the in the score of this episode uh, this arc that are very uh foreshadowing yeah for sure yeah that that second episode um yeah that one the altar of mortis which is where they find that that dagger which yeah. people thought was being brought back in rise of skywalker yeah which maybe you can read into as as further influence or it's just a random dagger but it's definitely not the same thing it's i mean it's kind of stupid that they didn't do it though. Uh, that, that that's like one thing that is like for me. Okay, it's done. It's done. It's over. Like I'm not gonna start any petitions. But it it would have been so much. There's your what you do by saying that this is the the dagger of Mortis. You're you're tying in the sequel trilogy to the lore of pre Disney. Star Wars at the t- at, at the highest level too at the highest level of all the Jedi powers that we never saw in movies but are canon and now you can't say well why can Rey do this if we've never seen it before hey jackass you see it in the clone wars years and, by, and years ago by making before disney so by making that dagger the more uh, the dagger of mortis or the mortis dagger is 
the perfect way to shut down all the garbage. And they missed that. They missed that opportunity. And it's a simple little thing. It's just one word. It's just a simple thing. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things in Rise of Skywalker just like that, where it's like if they just panned out a little bit further on Mustafar and let us see Vader's castle, it's just a lot of little things. We're tying it back, and not even in fan servicey ways. It's it's more in just pulling the whole story together. Lots of little things like that were missed. I found, but I think that would have been like the perfect Easter egg. And all these little whiny babies who complaining about it, like then they'd be, they'd be like. Oh, okay. They're bringing that back in, and it's like, okay, I guess. Yeah, that would have bought them a lot of slack. Oh man, it would have been perfect. This this is the episode where we lose the daughter, right? Yep. So yeah, um, son was about to kill. Was it son was about to kill somebody, and and uh, uh, daughter jumps in the way. Is that what happens? And yeah, she and she gets impaled, right? Yeah, and uh, she's buried in the tomb with the dagger. And oh yeah, and at the same time, Ahsoka is uh, like earlier in the episode, the brother bite like he takes on this little goblin form and bites Ahsoka, and it poisons, sort of poisons her, yeah. her and turns her sort of dark side. And she's yeah, and she goes after Anakin. Yeah, and then yeah, so yeah, and then and then. Uh, She's Ahsoka dies more or less, and then is it like this? May be the first case of like force healing, where like the yeah the, the transference of 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 life force from one being to another, and of course Anakin in this case is the conduit of that. But yeah, this this is where this whole thing with Ahsoka now kind of originates, where she goes from being just this regular Padawan to. Potentially somebody who's got the life of a life force of a force god in her, which makes makes which makes Ahsoka an entirely different ball of wax at this point. So uh, the, the, I didn't get that much of the read into that in, into that part, but um, I mean it would make it, not that it would make sense, but like uh, I'm not, I'm not saying you're you're grasping at straws, but it, but. It, there, there is something to it. I, I just didn't see it that way. Well, I think that it, you have to go into Rebels to really get it because I, I don't think they really touched on it that much into Rebels. Uh, sorry, in, if through the rest of the Clone Wars series. But once you got to Rebels and you saw that bird, the Convery, following yeah. Ahsoka around and she's got the coloring of the daughter and Ahsoka just has this... You know, the, after, after Ahsoka kind of disappeared after Twilight of the Apprentice into that underground river of sticks types thing that yeah, was another temple was yeah like it just it gave it, it took ahsoka to a different level i thought where maybe she had this almost like guardian angel convery thing watching out for her yeah definitely because that that is just amazing storytelling when you see that in the twilight of the apprentice you're like oh ahsoka lives oh my god but then when you figure out that it's after the world between worlds and she actually travels back in time, like she's in a whole nother place and realm and everything at this point, man. She's in a, she's playing a whole different game. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's come to a whole new understanding of the force. And that's what I love about her. And you see that at the end of rebels when she comes with the cloak and the staff and stuff. Yeah. She's something she's Ahsoka else. The wise man. She's, she's something else. I mean, it's not a mistake that Filoni is sort of pulling Gandalf imagery from her. 
uh, it was this episode, I, you know, t- talking about mirroring, like even just Kenobi and Ahsoka and Anakin being there, it's almost like you can look at Anakin being the brother and ah- Ahsoka being the sister and Obi-Wan being the father because he's almost Absolutely. the one that he's not like he doesn't really get tested in this. It's almost like he's the one that's. In He's a level-headed middle. one, as, as always. And yeah. the, the sister entrusts, gives Obi-Wan the dagger. Like, she didn't give it to Ahsoka or to, to Anakin, the chosen one. Like, why not give it to that guy? But she gives it to Obi-Wan. Because he's obviously... There's something about... There's something stable and trustworthy about Obi-Wan. Well, he gets it. He gets the whole balance thing. Even explaining it to Qui-Gon, like, he's like, have you trained the boy? Have you trained the chosen one? He's like, yes, master, but balance eludes him. Like yeah. he just he's he's so he's the he's the maverick he's like the wild card like they really the Jedi Order took a big chance on him, you know they said straight up we're not training him but Obi Wan I don't know how the hell he got away with this he's like yeah well my master district got died so I'm pulling this card and I'm training him anyway yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so, I mean that's that's the second episode I thought was not not it was not that it was bad but. I didn't. I didn't take too much out of that episode, but it was. It's good. I mean, you get yeah, to see yeah, Ahsoka come back. Yeah, you, for sure. Anakin channels that. Uh, the The fact that you see it again afterward, though, like the fact that somehow the sister is still closely associated with her, that's that's good stuff, man. I was yeah, hoping to see sure. more of that within the Clone Wars, but they held that. <laughs> they held on to that for a while, and if and if the reports pan out, we'll see it. I'm sure we'll see it again later this year. Anyway, on to uh, Ghosts of Mortis, I guess. You know, you know what I found was interesting about the, these these episodes, like you know, the, at the beginning of every episode has like these uh, little wisdom nuggets, little quotes. Like I thought they were pretty on the nose. Oh hell yeah! The first one was what like you can't find balance without uh, facing your guilt. Balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. That that makes so much sense for Anakin at the end as Darth Vader, you know, chucking slam dunking. Yeah, and it's it's also Palpatine. good. It's it's obviously not intended this way, but it's also fairly applicable to Kylo. Yep. You know, he, when he finally faces down his you know his act with uh, with with killing Han. You know, it's sort of a fever dream of seeing his dad, but you know he had, he he did sort of face that that demon. And then I think the uh, the la- the ghost of Mortis one was he he who seeks to control fate shall never find peace, which is just sort of like uh, oh that's Anakin trying to save Padme. Yeah, I mean it, it. It I think it applies to any of the dark side leaning characters. They try and try and try to control stuff, and it. It either never works out or is never it's it's never permanent. It applies yeah. to everybody. So yeah, real real on the nose little nugget nuggets of wisdom on this one. That's one of the best parts about this series. No, no, no doubt. But what, like, what do we make of Qui Gon in this one? Like, as 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 a believer in the Force, like we hadn't really met. Like he was he was someone completely unique, like in his approach to things. But like Qui Gon. He, it's almost like he pushed Anakin into into his actions in this arc. You know, like so, so like if, again, like if this episode, like I don't know what to make fully of this ep- this arc. Like, 
I mean, if this whole arc wasn't just like a fever dream, then Qui-Gon probably knew that a great purge needed to happen and that Anakin needed to go do all the stuff that he eventually did. No, I think it was like a one or the other thing kind of, you know, like take up your mantle here or suffer the consequences later on. But, yeah, but then on the other side, it's like if if, if Qui-Gon really wasn't there, if that wasn't really Qui-Gon, he was just some sort of apparition and it was the force that sort of induced the whole thing, then then will of the force made Anakin do everything. It's it was it, Qui-Gon's presence in this is puzzling to me. Like, I just well, don't know the, like, if uh, the whole thing is real or not. I feel like the brother, right, was the energy within the galaxy was starting to build toward the darker side, which is why, to me, not only was the father getting older, but the brother was getting much stronger. So, like, I think that kind of plays into this, too, from that sense, too, right? Well, yeah, it's like Anakin was feeding the whole place, right? Like, like as soon yeah. as Anakin showed up, like, the brother suddenly started surging in power. Like, he he... It was obviously him that was getting more aggressive and bold with his actions. Well, like, but like at that point, I think it's like Liam Neeson or Qui-Gon really kind of pushing Anakin to to take up his role in all of this, you know, like not so much like uh, saying that the Jedi need to be purged. Yeah, yeah, probably not. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a, it's not a very Qui-Gon thing to say, but very interesting stuff nevertheless. But yeah, the, so the brother the brother kind of shows Anakin this vision of the future, right? Mm. And like it's it's all the pain and suffering. Like everything. It shows Anakin everything and Anakin's like having this panic attack over it. <laughs> like all the it's bad like, things. I'm not opening my eyes. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to see any of it, but it you know, we we do and it's all the stuff that Anakin brings on himself all the death and suffering at his hand and it all comes to pass and like the the whole idea of like the future always being in motion like it it, it puts that into question because man like the brother nailed it he completely had the whole future buttoned down like there's nothing about that vision that wasn't true yeah, but I think there's something about that. He did something, uh, I don't know, say illegal, kind of like he he broke like the temporal time code, so to speak. Like the father kind of mentioned something about that after, which is why he kind of balances things out after. But yeah, like he he tapped into something that probably was the, obviously was the truth, but not necessarily that there's allowed to do. Yeah, I mean, but if. Obviously, the brother saw the future, and it's, yeah, it was right. the future of everything that was come to going to happen. But if you know, if the future is always in motion, like Yoda says, then shouldn't you not be able to see that far ahead? It's it's tough to say, man. Like these guys are force wielders, right? They're like gods of the force, like. Even the father, again, with his dying breaths is like, uh, like, I hope like basically something along the lines of like, I know what you're going to do. And <laughs> yeah. And then, well, the father erases all those memories, right? Like all that stuff that will eventually become a Vanakin. 
He has no recollection of any of it now. Yeah, well, it was yeah. all for the, the the brothers trying to deceive him, right? And he gets them to turn to the dark side, and again, like in hopes of peace. Like Anakin's, like you'll bring peace, right? In order, kind of. He's always looking for peace and order, and that's how he kind of gets duped and accepts the dark side. But man, he turns quick right away. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's it's a question. You know what? Like, I think peace and order is his way of like trying to quell the chaos of his mind. Like I, I, I yeah, don't that's think, a good way of looking at it. I don't I, deflection. It's it's always it's always about deflection. It's like okay, yeah, I'll guess I'll justify all the the evil shit I do by by you know, and that's where Palpatine kind of plays into that uh, and and uses it against him again. You know, um, I just don't like the plot device of like wiping his mind. I, it's just that's one thing that I found a little like it's obviously convenient because mm-hmm. you don't want him going into revenge of the Sith knowing that this is going to like you, yeah, you, exactly. you want him, you want him to make those decisions um, without the, the, the knowledge that Padme is going to die and, and, and all that stuff, you know, like you still want him to believe that he can save her somehow um, because you want him to be a more sympathetic character. But I think, makes him more of a badass if he if he does it knowing she's gonna die anyways. Like that's just my opinion, but well you uh, know he turns to the dark side at that point, so it's kind of unfair to him, right? Like the father again kind of said that like what the brother did there was really against like the laws of nature or the force or whatever. So Yeah, no 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 for sure, but still but he still makes that choice. It, 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 in other words, it's inevitable that he makes that choice. Yeah, one- which yeah, and th- that's it. it you, what I was saying before boils down to inevitable. It was inevitable, and and it's it flies in the face of of everything Yoda used to say, which which I'm fine with. I'm I'm fine with Yoda not being right about everything. Yeah, but it does give you it does give us this opportunity to sort of stop and say, well, was Yoda wrong? Is well, no, not necessarily. Like if you look again, like at the quote that you had mentioned it from the beginning. It kind of just alludes to the fact that Anakin, like, just he tried to control things. He just didn't never he never learned and just fell into that destiny. Even though he had multiple chances to get out, he never took that road. Yeah, he only really trusted himself, or trust his new pa- and his new powers. Or he just didn't trust Padme's fate to anyone else. In the in the end. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, even in uh, Empire Strikes Back, like it's um, you know, will they die? And always emotion, the future is like you know, like he, he says, Yoda says he can't see the future, and uh, and then Luke says again later, you know, but they'll die if I don't go. And then Obi Wan pops up, and even Yoda can't see that, you know. Mm-hmm. So there, there's like there's there's always conflict um, f- for for the, for the Jedi themselves to to be able to take that leap and say okay no this is what's going to happen you know and I think they're afraid of it um, where the Sith are like always two three steps ahead. 
especially Palpatine, when it comes to kind of foreseeing stuff. Yeah, no question. (laughs) So, you know, he's like, uh, your friends on the uh, Centurion moon, you know, they're falling to a trap as we speak. Like, he's... He taps into those things, whereas the Jedi are afraid to do it, and um, Anakin sees it, and you know he is, he he continuously always makes that choice because he's selfish. That, that's, yeah, it's, it's, comes it's, down, it just comes down to that. That's what it is. Yeah. And 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 the sacrifice of the father, like I said, coming back to what I said earlier, is. Um, is what the chosen one should should do, and um, we see it later with Luke and with Leia, and like everyone except the chosen one makes that choice. But I think his his actions put into place um, the importance of doing the right thing. You know, it's because sometimes the chosen one. It's too easy for the chosen one to do the right thing, um, and putting people in, in in these situations where they're not the chosen one, but they still make that choice makes them better characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting that they took the long way to get there with Anakin. Yeah, like it could have been very easy to to have Anakin sort of hit pump the brakes. Uh, you know, when Padme is sort of begging him to not do it. You know, um, for him to stop and say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stop. That could have been an easy way out if you start with the prequels. But no, they. Yeah, he, he, uh, what, like when she gets on the, sh- uh, gets off at Mustafar and she's like, you're going down a path that I can't follow. And, and then instead of saying, because of Obi-Wan, and then he could say, you know what? You're right. Like he could still make that choice. And they can and they can go fight together. Yeah, he just, even, he just even after relent. killing all the younglings, even after doing all that, no, because he's drunk with power. Yep. At that point, yeah, he feels he feels this new power running through him, and then he's just yeah. drunk on it. Like he's yeah. he's got this almost twisted smile, like when he's like, "Oh, make things the way we want them to be," and he's like, he's almost high. He's yeah, almost high nurse- on ecstasy at that point. It's a narcissistic rage, like yep. he's. He's he's unable to even for his own benefit to stop. Anyway, I thought there was a nice poignancy in Anakin kind of killing the son uh, to sort of bring balance to Mortis, and then to come to bring it around at the end. He has to he saves his son to sort of bring balance in the end in Return of the Jedi, which I thought was a a different take yeah. to it. But the father, the father makes the sacrifice here, and Luke makes the sacrifice by throwing away his lightsaber in front of the the emperor. Yeah, like he 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 he's he's the muscle, but the real sacrifice is made by somebody else. Yeah, at least at least Luke is the trigger point. <laughs> I, mean, I, I you know what's the first thing that goes through Vader's mind when he sees Luke toss away that saber? Damn boy's oh, crazy boy. Yeah. yeah, he gets up and he stands next to the emperor. He's back next to the emperor, like right hand of the father type of thing. See, see, we got you right where we want you, boy. And that, that boy's crazy. <laughs> Who raised that idiot? And then 
eventually it gets it. That's the thing that that brings Vader back. Like imagine, imagine like in that moment where uh, the Emperor is shocking Luke, he's zapping him, and Vader looks over at the Emperor, and then you see a split screen of the father stabbing himself with the mortis dagger and and the son being like distracted Mm -hmm. and then he looks back at luke and then back at the emperor and then as he stabs the 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 brother with you know in, in the back like he reaches over and grabs the emperor like it's kind of the same yeah it's like a light bulb moment yeah and you can you can almost see that playing out in a comic now because the comics love to do like fill out, fill out their pages now with like Anakin flashing back to memories of Padme and memories of Kenobi. It, it would make almost total sense for them at some point to have in that moment, but yeah, it wouldn't work because he doesn't remember any of this, right? Yeah, that, like I said, that's the one thing I don't like. But I mean, you, you understand, you have to understand that at a certain point, you know. Yeah, just you know, take take away the specific sense. memories, but leave the lesson kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, so in the end, like, what are we supposed to take from all this? Like, did this actually happen? Because we know, like, when they finally come out of it, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, Rex. Like, we disappeared for a while there," and he's like, oh, "What are you talking about? You were gone for yeah, like two that, seconds." That's like a total contact moment, like Carl Sagan's contact. Remember that at the end, like it just looks like she falls through this machine and then like she's getting like she's in court and all that. But then the movie ends by James Woods answering the question like, well, yes, okay, we saw that for two seconds or three seconds of free fall. But how come she recorded 18 hours of static? Yeah, it's a a, a potential real sci-fi thing there, right? Yeah, I love that. But it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it almost doesn't fit in Star Wars or it's a, a fantasy. It's a realm, film. man. The only way it's a fantasy realm, <laughs> almost in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's like there's it's a temple. They're entering a temple, but the next thing you know, they're in a planet, on a planet, obviously within uh, a universe or a galaxy with no discernible stars that they recognize. Like it's just so odd. It could again be this. Uh, Wizard of Oz type thing where it's in their heads but you get the sense that it's uh, it's real for them but is it a projection a manifestation of the force or does it actually exist that's hard to tell man it's hard to tell for sure what about you Carlos like did this actually happen to them or was this this was it some kind of vision a shared vision uh, I think it actually happened I think the 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 father needed to know, and you know he was coming to the end of his of his life, of his essence, and was looking for somebody to take the mantle. And uh, Anakin didn't. Anakin did what Anakin does, which is not play by the rules. So you believe that do you think this realm exists like within the galaxy? It's an actual planet there, or is it just like in another time and place? I, I think it's a I think it's a back door. It's I, like I, a I, it's it, like a parallel parallel dimension where, world the, where the worlds. force where the force actually lives or, or the force is actually from. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, 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 I mean, it, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about this and not talk about World Between Worlds. And those are, like, you guys know, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of World Between Worlds as a device. What? I oh, as a device, yeah. Like, I don't like it. I, it's, it scared me when I thought that we were going there and, you know, the, the ability to, like, you know they're not going to go there. Ezra took care of that. Come on, man. Anything can be in, undone in this universe. If, well, they if, tried. They tried to rebuild that temple that was destroyed on the ship. Yes, it, it almost tried to, worked. It almost worked, but Ezra thwarted him. If they want it to, they can make it work, and that's what kind of scares me. Like I don't ever, ever want to go back to World Between Worlds. Like I thought they did a great thing in, in that those episodes of Rebels when they when they trashed the temple and made it look like it was never there at all. Like yeah. I, I thought that was putting a pretty good point on that whole thing, saying this thing's gone. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. But I know, like it's Lucasfilm. If they find a good reason to bring it back, they'll do it, and that scares the hell out of me. Well, I I don't think that they're gonna go ahead and adjust anything that we've ever seen on screen before. You know what I mean? Like I would love to see this ancient Jedi, whatever Force wielders who had knowledge of this thing, constructing, making, and using it to a certain degree. Like, I, I want that. I don't, I don't think they're going to deconstruct the timeline and go Star Trek on it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's the point of it. We can maybe see things that have happened, but I don't think they'll ever alter anything. Oh, God, Ezra had the chance. Well, and that's Ahsoka just it. Had the, had the chance. That's they just, just it. won't go there. I mean, they won't go there. I, I hope you're right. I don't fully believe like, I mean, the hot topic around this is like the, the, like Ben Solo, is he world between worlds trapped? Could, can he be brought back in via these means? He's in the phantom zone. No, he's dead. He's dead. I think he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> but we also know it doesn't really matter because if they want to bring him back, the, they no. won't. If they do, that's just, ridiculous well and, and that's just it right like it's a we're in a world now where like force ghosts can impact the living world almost in the same way that they did when they were alive and so now with this world between worlds place like for for jedi and force wielders you you're almost you're making death almost completely meaningless let me put it this way. If if Daisy Ridley comes back to do another Star Wars film in the future, then I can maybe think that Adam Driver might have some kind of role. Well, I, we talked about I, I, Nathan and I on, on um, one of our previous Luminous Beings. It's like, you know, is it, are, are we at the end of the Skywalker saga? You know, are we done? And it's like, can you tell a story about Rey and not have Ben be a, be a part of it? And if, if if you want to have Force Ghost Ben as a part of it, fine. That makes sense. But to bring him back to life? No. You've stupid. lost me. You've lost I don't even me. want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You've lost me. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. just... It, that won't happen, man. Because but, you, what you said, Corey, is it, it dumps on, on Ezra's whole thing where, yeah, he could have brought back Kanan. Hera could have had her, her husband back. But there was a lesson to learn there that you have to let things go and you have to let these people sacrifice be be that act that it is and undoing it is is if it's, it maybe it feels natural right. it goes against the force 
How many uh, in all of Star Wars? How, how many Force ghosts exist? There's only six, right? Qui Gon, Yoda, Obi Wan. Well, do we consider Anakin. a voice? Do, do we consider the people that can no, be a I voice? Mean, phys- physical Force ghosting, like visual. There's only six. Kenobi, Yoda, Luke, Leia. Yeah. So Luke, Leia, Anakin. I mean, you're almost led to believe that anybody who disappears is on their way to being a Force ghost. Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon doesn't disappear. No, he does not disappear in, in the same way that anybody else does. But he, he, he pioneered the whole technique. Like, he, he Force ghosts. Okay. So, so there, <laughs> there's six. And of those six, only two actually can interact with the living world. I don't. I don't consider sitting on a log interacting with the living world, like, <laughs> or chose to do so. Like Yoda, Yoda knocks Luke on the head with his force cane, and force ghost cane calls down the Luke lightning. Calls down the lightning, and Luke uh, catches the lightsaber and lifts up the X-wing. Like th- th- those are the only two out of the six that actually interact with the with the world. And I would say that Yoda and Luke are the most powerful when it comes to uh, wisdom of the Force. That, that's completely fair to say. Completely. But it, but it also... It, it Yes, for sure. But it also does show a trend that they... The powers that be, the storytellers, also think that, hey, you know, having them actually play a part physically in the story, why not? Let's do it. And maybe it's is that maybe they've come to that. Maybe that's the same the thing. It's it's Luke. It's Yoda. It's, it's believable for me when you when you think of uh, the characters like Luke and Yoda. They're at the top of the echelon, right? But then when we start, if the movies and whatever they start taking this uh, turn toward this this ancient era, where again I feel like these Force wielders had a more vast knowledge of the Force, and it was just different than from that perspective. Again, I don't want to see a, an army. Well, that would kind of be cool, actually, like Lord of the Rings, but they wouldn't go there. Actually, that's one I wanted to mention in this series, too. Did you did you guys get Lord of the Rings feels with, like, the towers? Yeah, I did. No. No? You didn't see that with, like, the No, the you know why? He's never, never seen, seen Lord it. of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that jumped oh. out to me immediately with uh, Sauron's eye. Yeah. Immediately. What was that? Like, some giant kyber crystal or something, eh? I don't know. Sure. Like it, you see it at the end when the father dies, like everything comes crashing down. Yep. There's that crystal at the point at the top. And the same way the tower collapses in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Given the way Filoni reveres that series, it's probably not a mistake. Nope. Uh, just to, to touch on where Corey was going before that uh, Lord of the Rings side tangent. Um, like if we go far further back in the past, We'll probably see Force Ghosts again, but I hope it's not from the Jedi perspective. Like I, I want, I want, I want uh, Qui Gon to be the first Jedi to find the path to immortality. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. You know, but like I, other Force users, if, if there's another Force user, maybe like uh, if there's Greys or um, you know, like maybe somebody taught Plagueis how to do it. And they passed that down. Uh, somebody else was able to do it. 
like I, I'd be okay with it. But as far as the Jedi, like I, I kind of want Qui Gon to be the first. Yeah, they'd have to. Yeah, I mean they've already established that he is the first Jedi to do it. So they, yeah, they'd have to tread that pretty carefully and figuring out who who could do it and why. Yeah, I, I and and then I mean, if we're gonna put out our wish list, there, I, I kind of don't want to see another Forest Ghost at all. In the past, that would be, rather, that would be my preference too. Yeah, I'd rather they just skip that part. I'd but, rather, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'd rather that power be something that the Jedi evolved to. <clears throat> yeah, all right, cool. Sure. So I'll uh, put my wish list out there. I'm, uh, I'll wait for an email confirmation from Lucasfilm any day now. Oh, it's coming. It's you're yeah. definitely going to get that. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> uh, all right, are we are we done? Anything else left to say about Mortis? Oh, essential man. viewing definitely essential viewing i definitely need to watch it there uh, there's a little lull in the second episode um but uh doesn't necessarily pass the couch test for me but um overall the the arc is there's so many uh themes that are uh, relevant to where we are today in in uh, in the whole story mm-hmm. and um the mirroring and everything I thought I thought was was awesome it was fantastic the imagery and too definitely. what a world man yeah definitely definitely and there's uh, you can't say that uh, Lucasfilm uh, you know gave powers to Ray that never existed when they're right there in the Clone Wars and what about them rhombohedrons <laughs> jeez what about them Corey they're cool yeah okay. <laughs> it's like the iceberg of the force man yeah no these are these are definitely uh must watch episodes for sure if, if you're only getting into clone wars now and you're wondering what parts to get into i, mean, I don't know i don't know if these episodes will play into season seven at all so i mean if that is your reason to cram before before um watching season seven I don't know that you need to watch this in prep for season seven, but you do need to watch this at some point. Yeah. I think it's just, it's more for the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just for the lore, you know, just for the appreciation of, um, the mirroring that George Lucas likes to tell. And Mm -hmm. I, I think, um, it also, um, you're able to give the new storytellers a little pat on the back for not completely um, throwing, wiping their ass with George's stuff <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's all kind of there if if you actually have the guts to look and admit it. Yeah, this yeah this 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 Mortis arc is it's there in the sequel trilogy. Like when when Ray hears the Jedi voices. Like the imagery around that as sort of like the Starfield kind of appears to her. That's a very uh, world between worlds ish. It's it's good. It's good, but they could have been they could have hit on those nails a little harder. Well, I think. And maybe they just didn't want to. Oh, I I feel that, but for me that yeah, would have really just, been I'm more, just, a I, more that's sad. why that's kinda why I'm looking forward to the one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to the novelization, just to read that part to see if there's any additional hints of, uh, uh, you know, what is Exegol? Because it's out there in the unknown regions, just like Mortis. 
you know that's it like had they had the 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 vision kind of they could still even hit back on it now but uh this high republic era kind of deal like they they imagine had they mentioned it in this episode oh boy like like they could have said something like uh we know the jedi uh ancient jedi had activity in that area about 2000 years ago or whatever it was you know i wonder if there is somewhere in in the clone wars it would have come out by now but some sort of reference to the high republic era i don't think there is it's all new and if it's only 500 years ago it's like so why can't it be more like 2000 or some kind of then, then it's a little more believable that things got lost along the way yeah i guess we'll see anyway out there you guys out there listen let us know what you think of the mortis trilogy i'd love to hear your thoughts and, and as we kind of dredge up the, the clone wars past uh yeah, maybe we missed something like let us know if there's something about the episode that we missed or glossed over that oh yeah you should have yeah if there's an, uh, an arc <laughs> that would elicit different takes and different opinions about what happened th- it's this arc for sure so let us let us uh let us have it um cory do you know what we're doing next week if we want to get if people want to uh chime in with their thoughts on the arc that you've chosen have you chosen yet no no i'm, I'm <laughs> mulling it over man trust me like i'm having a hard time with it man there's so many arcs like the thing I is, have, is that at least some, a... some arcs have like eight episodes. So, uh, like, maybe let me know, like, before the day before. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't be doing anything like that. Like, most of them are max four. So, yeah. Might try and loophole it. We'll see what happens. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, we'll, boy. We'll try and get you guys involved, depending on when Corey makes up his mind about which arc we're going to do next week. Why don't you decide? You can go next week, no? I'm being gracious. Are you? Yes. I'm like, <laughs> Are you? <laughs> what if I take the arc that you... Because I know it's going to happen. I'll pick one and you go, you're such a bastard. I wanted that one. <laughs> There's so many good ones. Like, how do you tackle this? It's like, yes, we had to talk about this one, which is why I'm glad Carlos kind of chose this one right off the bat. But man, are you going to talk about troopers? Are you going to talk about... Uh, you know, there's just so many different things to talk about in this that it's it's hard to choose one that really nails it down. I like this one because the, the, obviously there's the, the prophecy thing, and but it's also the tie-ins to the uh, to the Rise of Skywalker, which I really loved. So mm-hmm. I thought it, I thought it was cool. But if you want to do something that's completely, um, yeah, I just want I want to boil down the essence of uh, of it all, you know. Okay, so pick something then. <laughs> eh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I have some good ones up. It's, I'm down to like the top three, you know. We're gonna expect it. We I, I we demand an answer by Tuesday. Tuesday, Corey. Yeah, please, because I need. We I need demand time. it. I need mm-hmm. time to watch the sh- I need to watch the shows over. You should have them memorized. Okay. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for this week. If you want to be a part of the pod, like we always say at the end of every episode, you can send your questions, your thoughts to tumblingsaber at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also help us out in a big way by sharing this podcast with your pals on social media. Uh, even the ones that aren't on social, if if you think they might want to listen to some Star Wars chatter, by all means, introduce them to the Tumbling Saber. We'd be very grateful for that. And we'd be equally grateful for a review on Apple Podcasts. It's been a while since we read one on the show. Uh, so why not listen to this and then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a few nice words for us that we'll read on a future episode of the podcast. Uh, and lastly... If you're really feeling up to it, you can become a powerful friend on Patreon over at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. 
where we're producing loads of extra and early access audio content for you. Uh, a couple tiers to choose from. So you can go check that out over at patreon.com. And that would be awesome. And let's go give a shout out to Mr. Rob Wade for endorsing this episode and all episodes of Tumbling Saber on as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you can learn more about at emotionally14.com. And finally, our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network pumping out great Star Wars content week in, week out. Go check out our pals at starwarscommonwealth.com or on Apple Podcasts. We are there listed as a podcast provider. And with all that out of the way, fellas, Carlos, where can you be found out there on social media? You can find me uh, at C Candido Music or at the Funny Carlos on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to have a laugh, uh, go check out my Twitter feed at the Funny Carlos. Um, all the Super Bowl halftime related shenanigans that it, it was pretty good. Um, and for everything else, you can go to carloscandidomusic.com. Excellent. You can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram, which I rarely use. Uh, otherwise, you can find us in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group. It's a closed group where we can geek out in the safety and the closed walls of the Facebook group. Come check us out there. It's still a lot of fun, even though we are sort of in a bit of a lull in terms of Star Wars content. But uh, nevertheless, we are we're having a lot of fun and we invite you to come check it out. And so that's it, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and we will talk to you all again next week with more Clone Wars excitement uh, in the next episode of the Tumbling Saber podcast. So have yourselves a great week, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating strong drifting not relive this dream